0: Hey what's going on there podcast community Matthew Johnson here Back with another episode of Dementia In black and white In this week's episode we are going to just continue This is of course my individual journey It's my story It's not anything against anyone else This is just the world through my eyes As I am experiencing it Taking care of my mother with the dementia and we're going to continue along this journey of assisted living and next steps. Sit back. Here we go. All right. So, let's sort of kind of real quick summary of... Um, last week so decision made to have mom go to an assisted living facility and you can get this from last week's podcast and again because I am going to be talking about the assisted living facility a little bit more here continue to offer the opportunity for anyone from the staff to come forward and be interviewed on the podcast and give them an opportunity to share their side of the story, that invitation is still going to be out there. However, I will not mention the name of the facility as I am only sharing my experience. They have other people there, a couple locations. So, you know, there are people who might feel differently. So you're just getting my opinion. And so from last week, again, just in terms of a summary, took her there on a Saturday, on a Sunday Got a call about not cooperating with things like, you know, changing clothes or taking a bath or shower. And uh, they wanted to have her on some type of medication. And I said, no, because in my opinion, I believe we rush too quickly to medicating. I'm just going to say people here in general, because I see it as early as kindergarten and as late as just before death, you know, our senior citizens. So it's and probably everywhere in between. There tends to be a rush to drug people, regardless of. You know, kind of what the underlying issues or causes might be. And, you know, again, a little bit of (laughs) a rant from me about our Western medicine, and it it might be too much. So for those of you who are in the pharmaceutical industry, for those of you who are Western medicine, maybe you are a doctor or a nurse, a nurse practitioner, and you're in this field, you might take offense to this. Again, this is Matthew's opinion. We tend to just jump real quickly to a medication for a symptom without doing a little digging into what might be causing the symptom. Because oftentimes if you just get a prescription for a symptom, the symptom will likely just continue. If you go to the doctor's office and your blood pressure reads high and they give you blood pressure medication, you have absolutely done nothing to fix the problem. High blood pressure is the body, which is a wonderful thing. Letting you know it's something going on inside of me. I want to send you a message so that you can address it. So that you can see what this root cause is that's causing this. I'm sending you this signal, but I'm just sounding the alarm with this blood pressure. But you now have to investigate what's causing that and then fix that. That's why I'm sending you this message. Inflammation in the body. Same thing. It's the body saying, hey, red alert, sounding an alarm here. But instead of then a doctor saying, hey, well, let's try to figure out what's causing this. Unfortunately, I think too often we too quickly get to a medication for it. And then, of course, that keeps a pharmaceutical company in business because you're not addressing the root cause of whatever caused that. So they just have to keep prescribing that. And then that might have to get stronger, by the way. And then you might have side effects from that. And so you have to prescribe another medication for the side effects from the first medication. And next thing you know, you're taking eight medications. As opposed to sitting down with the person going, you know what? I can't help but notice you were huffing and puffing just walking up these three steps when you came in here. Let's talk about what your diet is and your exercise routine. Maybe that's something. Let's talk about the job you have Maybe it's a lot of stress And that could be causing your high blood pressure Maybe you're doing too much Maybe you're not getting enough sleep Maybe a whole bunch of other things That we should investigate first And then If none of that works Or you don't have the will To work on those things Then maybe As a last ditch effort We'll prescribe medicine But to get to a place on a Saturday And then the next day, somebody wants to talk about medicine without saying we tried this communication method. We tried doing this first as an indirect thing to get what we wanted there. We tried first to investigate what unmet need your mother might have had before we thought about trying to put her on some anti-psychotic drugs. Right, so just in general, you have to understand that's my kind of view of the medical world. I do look at it sideways, but in either case, we we kind of get through that. And there are reports coming from the assisted living facility that mom is still not cooperating. In fact, now even getting aggressive throwing Ritz crackers. There was an allegation that she threw some Ritz crackers. And I just say allegation because I wasn't there. It's not that I don't believe that. I believe that exactly probably happened like that, that she did throw Ritz crackers. And so in talking with the manager, kind of going back and forth and, you know, trying to give them some tips and tricks and what to do, Some things that we do in terms of helping mom to sleep at night, you know, tea, perhaps. Of course, we're doing the melatonin occasionally, not eating too late so that the food digestion is not causing an issue or getting up and going to the bathroom too late, these types of things. And then just in the conversation, it was um, brought up that they have another facility, another facility where, again, there are people there. I think everyone there uh, has dementia of some type, and it is fully staffed. It is overnight folks there. And so then we decide to transfer her there. And I offer to take her because, you know, just trying to get her to do things, um, recognizing they're having issues, seeing a familiar face. And then, of course, getting in a car with me is probably much easier. Is that my responsibility when she's under your charge? Probably not. But I'm interested in keeping her happy. And I'm sure you're interested, too. And, of course, having a satisfied customer. So I offer to do that. Go get her. Pick her up. And I just see clearly part of the problem in terms of this communication thing, just in that little bit of interaction and going to pick her up. So I go in and I go to her room, they have her things packed up, and I just start to load that while mom was just sitting there and watching television. And the uh, caretaker, the care partner there, whoever is that works there at the facility, says, You need to put your coat on. You're leaving to mom. And mom does not put her coat on. And so that is it in a nutshell in terms of. A lack of training that I'm speaking of that exists, not just at this facility, but I believe in most facilities, because the way to get someone to put their coat on who has dementia is not going to be the same way you would get someone to put their coat on who doesn't have dementia. So if a person doesn't have dementia, sure, hey, get your coat on this time to go. That's that's great, that's fine. But for someone with dementia, you have to hold the coat up. You have to gesture in a way as you're talking. Mom, put your arm here. So it's not even about putting the whole coat on. That's a whole thing. But we got to break down the the putting the coat on into a process and individual steps. Because that's what it takes to communicate with someone who has dementia. It's not end result, do this. It is, what is the very first step in order for me to get you to point cue I might have to start at point B or C and I may have to demonstrate that to you and I may have to talk in a tone that's softer than what I would normally speak in right so just that alone so I could tell the person just wasn't really adept at communicating with someone who had dementia just in that little bit so I helped mom to get her coat on and she is just Fine with that We leave We get into the car It's You know No issues No agitation And by the way I hadn't experienced Any of that uh, Prior to her Going to this Assisted living facility Any aggravation Throwing crackers Or anything like that But they did They Of course And again I don't I don't uh, Disagree that it happened But I guess I might disagree with Why it happened Right And I believe it was brought on by, you know, the communication and lack thereof. So uh, get to the other facility. It's a nice facility. It's a nice house, single family, again, in a community, lots of land around it. You know, very, very nice place. And the people even just seemed like they were living their best lives. You know, it wasn't anything where... Uh, you know, some of the places that I've told you, I think, in the past podcast where I visited where people just seem to be zonked out zombies type of thing. And, you know, so it, it wasn't like that. The customers of the place, you know, spoke and all of that. So got her into the room, strategically planned to do this around dinner time so that, again, that distraction would be helpful in terms of leaving Uh, mom there and so got the thing set up in the room and then uh, they were coming together for dinner and at this place they all come together and sit at the table for dinner so they had a place for mom there got mom seated there at the table and when I left she was just chopping it up with the residents and eating dinner great like wow this is going to work this is wonderful much better than the other place And that was on a Friday that that happened. And so, Saturday, no phone call from the facility. Sunday, no phone call or text or anything, you know, no communication from the facility. And of course, for me, I'm like, yes, no news is good news. And then Monday comes around. Monday, two o'clock, I get a. Email from the owner of the facility, um, you know, CEO, whatever they call themselves. And it is a long email, several long paragraphs. And it is detailing the aggression, the aggressive behavior that mom has engaged in since Friday. Things including hitting one of the uh, caregivers, uh, smacking her hand, pushing a male caregiver, um, and I, I, I can't remember, they're, again, they were, they're all kind of detailed here, and it just, you know, read like a... I don't know, just a a hit list of, you know, just all these aggressive, aggressive behaviors and whatnot. And then in it, it said, you know, it said, I will call you later to discuss, you know, this email. And I have to say, it came across like it was kind of legal ease written, like maybe... This wasn't just, you know, in the caretaker's words, but this was more like corporate feeling as if they were trying to protect themselves. And then when I did get on the phone, finally, later that evening, it was emergency. You have to come pick her up. You need to come pick her up today, preferably uh, tomorrow at the latest, because we cannot have her being a risk to the other Customers of the facility and the, you know, caregivers in the facility can't have that. She is, uh, I don't think they use the word violent, but just very aggressive, essentially. And I just couldn't help but think, you know, ask when was the first incident? And they said Saturday, you know, the, the day after I dropped her off, essentially. I guess that was the first major incident. There had been some refusal of care, but before that had been any violence, if you will. And so this emergency happened on Saturday. Didn't get a phone call. Didn't get a text message that this uh, thing happened. It was not until Monday that this emergency occurred that you were now calling me about. So for me, of course, in my mind, I am just thinking this is just more of the same in terms of inadequate preparedness to communicate with how someone with dementia, the behaviors that he describes. Of course, in the email, it didn't say what was the context of, for example, her pushing a caregiver and there was a male caregiver. And so I asked, what was that about? Because, of course, I know my mother, that it's not her. She doesn't have the type of dementia. I think there are certain types that do have some, um, I don't know, violent behaviors. But just where a person can get um, aggressive physically as part of the dementia. But with mom, that I don't think she has that. I'm not a doctor, of course. But I've, I never experienced it and never had any other caregiver in the home. Who had taken care of her experienced that, so it was just odd that she would all of a sudden wake up one morning and say, "I'm going to start pushing people around and slapping their hands." So I asked, "What was the what was the circumstance? What was the context of her pushing the gentleman?" And it was she was trying to get out of the back door, the back door which leads to a, a backyard, and he. Told her, no, you can't go out there. And then he stood in the doorway to block her access to the doorway. And of course, mine was like, that's all you're going to do. I said, I'm about to go out this door and you are pretty much just like a door to me. So I'm going to push you out the way so I can get out this door. So once I had that in my mind, of course, I knew then this is, again, one of those situations where you obviously don't know the best way to deal with somebody with dementia. And I even talked with the person about this. I'm like, what should have happened there is that you maybe let her go out the door and just follow her. What's out the door? Just a yard, a bird feeder, patio, some patio furniture. Not like she could take off running down the street. She's 81 years old. There's nothing out there that was a danger to her. So instead of trying to control her first verbally and then control her physically. It's like a dance. You have to go with the flow with a person with dementia. The chances are real good. My mother would have got outside and been like, it is cold out here. I'm going back inside. That's probably what would have happened if he just got out the way and let her go outside. But that precipitated, essentially, a push. And now, of course, then you're back to, well, your mother needs medication and your mother needs to get out of here because we obviously can't take care of her. And in the email, too, by the way, it talked about calling 911 if this behavior continues. That they will call the police if her aggressive behavior continues. We are currently living in a time, unfortunately where people who call the police on black people, even well-meaning situations, I mean like a father or a mother calling on their son who is maybe having a mental breakdown of some sort and they're wanting to help just get control of the individual so as to get that person some help. But when you call 911, unfortunately, particularly if you're calling about somebody who's being aggressive and might danger, you know, care workers or whatever, It's not the ambulance sending a psychiatric team to help de-escalate the situation that shows up first. The ambulance, the fire department, and the police are probably all going to come. But the people who will interact first, generally speaking, are going to be the police. And there are too many examples of police, just like I talked about, doctors having their solution be medication for symptoms, police have at their disposal very few options for solutions. And unfortunately, oftentimes, they can escalate versus de-escalate a situation. There's a story, and I don't know the names, not even remembering the city, it seems like it was a Midwest city, where a young boy with autism or some type of mental health condition. He was having a mental health crisis and he was out in the street and had a toy truck When they called the police and the police came guns drawn. And the kid, of course they're giving orders to say, you know, put that down or whatever, lower your hands or put your hand, whatever. And the kid's not following it. And so one of the care workers, uh, Black man comes in to, because he knows the kid is having, you know, a breakdown, or having an issue, a tantrum, what have you, and goes and literally kind of covers the kid to say, you know, and he's screaming out at the same time, please, it's, it's not what you think. It's a kid, it's a toy, it was whatever, whatever. That police officer still shot at that person and the kid with the toy. I guess as a way to help resolve that nobody died in that situation. I believe the bullet did hit the caretaker or whatever, but he didn't die. Tamir Rice was playing with a toy gun in a park, like at a playground, a toy gun at a playground. The police were called, and within 15 seconds of their arrival, he was shot dead. It's another story of an African-American man in a Walmart, again, in the toy section of a Walmart with a toy rifle from the Walmart. A toy rifle from the Walmart. Police were called. Within a couple minutes of them arriving there, that man was killed, shot killed. There are too many examples of people well-intentioned calling the police on black people and the police doing what police do. Not necessarily making the situation better. And so, though I could tolerate all of the poor communication and poor training, that was something I could not tolerate. And I told them to not threaten to call the police on my 81-year-old mother with dementia. And there are other stories, by the way. And I just happened to recall the story of a woman who did have dementia, in fact, and walked out of a Walmart with something that she didn't pay for. And they called the police. And the police wrestled that woman to the ground and handcuffed her. And and they could clearly sense as an older woman in her 70s or 80s clearly since something's not right with her but yet they treated her that way unfortunately though your intentions might be good in terms of protecting your workers the results of that in this day and age can be very risky so of course you probably know where this story ends I had to go get her from there next week we'll come back and we'll continue what happened after I got her from the facility Whew. I gotta tell you unfortunately the story doesn't get better yet it's Matthew Johnson I'm out for this week But I'll be back next week with another episode of Dementia in Black and White. And until then, take care of your loved one. Yes, that's important. Look out for them. You're the main advocate that they have. But also, take care of yourself. That is important as well. Even the first priority. Until next week, I'm out.